Well, first, before I preach, I, I do want to say this. Maggie and I love our church. We love this church. Um, from the moment we walked in, from the greeters to all the staff to uh, Pastor Mary and, and Dan, uh, we have loved this church. And uh, we're not going anywhere, but we, we love this church. And uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate uh, Pastor Dan. Um, Maggie and I have been around pastors for virtually all of our, for 50 years. And uh, it's, uh, pastors are great people. Uh, we love them. We've ministered to them uh, during all these 50 years. But uh, uh, to have a pastor that knows the Word of God, that loves the Word of God, that knows grace, a lot of people like to say they preach grace. Well, your pastor not only preaches grace, he teaches you how to grab a hold of it to change your life. And uh, I, uh, that's, that's, that's rarer. And I have uh, appreciated just sitting under you, Dan and Mary. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for being who you are. And uh, <clears throat> church, I hope you realize how how uh, magnificent our pastors are. And so I told him that last week, and he said, could you preach next Sunday? <laughs> Not really. Um, I do feel like uh, as we retired, I felt like I, uh, I went through a time of just, now what do I do? What do I do? And I really felt like the Lord recently saying, well, it's time to get going. It's time to move. And um, then doing soap this week, uh, actually last week, uh, in Luke it says, uh, the Lord said, uh, they had, the apostles hadn't caught anything. And uh, all night fishing. And the Lord said to them, after he preached, he turned, turned to them and said, Cast out your nets into deeper water. And um, they did. They obeyed. And you know the story about the nets were breaking as they were bringing in all the fish. And uh, I appreciate particularly Pastor Dan's sermon last week challenging us from Romans. Uh, in fact, if you would put that first one up on, on Romans if you weren't here last Week, I, I won't go through it, but uh, Romans 12 and uh, 9 through 21, uh, he preached from that, and uh, he challenged us to to uh, to live this life. Um, uh, this is the life. As you look up there, as you read that. This is not a suggestion. You know, I, Maggie and I have learned that the speed limits around here are suggestions. <laughs> no, nobody goes the speed limit. They're, they're like suggestions. And we, we look at sometimes Bible verses and say, that's a suggestion. It's not a suggestion. This is the way the Lord expects us to live. This is 
This is who we are. Uh, uh, and there only, there's only one way to do this, as Pastor Dan said last week, is to allow Christ to live through us. I live, yet not I, but it's Jesus Christ that lives in me. And uh, as he was teaching this, uh, it, uh, it struck me, uh, Philippians chapter 3, where Paul is talking about, you know, if you've got reason to brag, I've got so much more reason to brag. I am uh, Benjamite of the a Jew of Jews. And, uh, but he says, I, I leave all this behind, forgetting all this. And uh, he says, I, I press on towards the goal to gain Christ Jesus. And, uh, and in the middle of that, he says, uh, uh, well, let, me, let me turn to it because I, 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 uh, I can't read the screen. But in the middle of that, he says, um, I, I, I said Ephesians, but it's in Philippians chapter 3. He says in verse 13, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Well, the Lord has saved us, not just to take us to heaven. He saved us so we'd be like His Son. Uh, Romans 12, and Romans 8, 28 says, and it's one of our, all of our favorite verses, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. But it goes along with 8.29, For whom He did foreknow, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. The, the good that God's working in all of us is not that we would have this house or this car or this job or whatever, the good that God is working in us is that we would be like Jesus Christ. That's what He's, that's what everything that takes place in your life, we should all filter it through. Dear Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Where, where am I not like Christ and how can I be more, uh, like Christ? Uh, brothers, this one thing I do, forgetting what those things which are behind. Every time I think of this passage, I think of, uh, runners on the line running a race and you could look up and down and say, that guy beat me last week. And then, this guy beat me last week. Or maybe you can say, oh man, I can beat those guys. I don't, I, I beat them before. But whatever, you're running this race, forget what you did last week, forget those things that are behind and press on to where God wants you to be. And in order to do that, you, we, ha- we have victories. Uh, some of us have victories. You have victories? Yes, you do. You wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't have victories. 
you got a victory of not forsaking the assembling of yourself together. You've come here to church. But we have victories and we have failures. And if we, if we keep remembering our failures, we won't run the race that God's got for us. Or we'll run, but we'll stumble and, and, and we won't make it. And um, so, uh, so you have victories or you have failures. Uh, and uh, when I was first saved, oh, I'd been saved about two, three months. I had a really bad habit. And, uh, you know, when people are first saved, I, I, I was thinking about this while we were sitting here. I was thinking I preached a sermon we used to pastor in Las Vegas, and there was a guy that gotten saved, and he was a gold miner, and he was around rough people all the time. But anyway, he, he came up after one of my sermons and said, Pastor, that was one hell of a damn fine sermon. <laughs> I go, uh, thanks, Doug. <laughs> I appreciate that. He had no idea that he was cussed. had no idea of anything. He just knew he was touched by that sermon. Well, we've all got weights that we've carried with us. And, uh, but going back to me, uh, uh, it was such a habit that I had even, and I'd ask the Lord every time, forgive me. Dear Lord, would you forgive me? And 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 then I started planning to ask the Lord to forgive me. I could still do this habit because I was going to ask the Lord to forgive me. Then I started having to ask the Lord, forgive me for planning to ask you to forgive me, Lord. <laughs> you know I planned to ask you to forgive me. And uh, it was during one of those prayers that I, I've never heard the, the audible voice of the Lord, but <clears throat> I felt like, boy, this was about as audible as I've ever heard. And the Lord says, I, as I said, dear Lord, would you forgive me again? He says, I don't remember. I said, you've forgiven me a thousand times before. And he said, I don't remember a thousand times before. I remember the last time. And it was like freedom. Because coming and asking the Lord for all these failures is like, I can't, I can't do this. And it wasn't until later I, I learned uh, Hebrews 10 says, This is the covenant I will make with you after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in your heart, in, in your mind I'll write them, and your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more. Hallelujah. Well, when I realized that, it's like freedom. It was freedom from that habit. It was like, God, I can do this. I, I could not take the, the burden of so many asking the Lord so many times to forgive me. And I don't know how our sovereign, all-knowing Lord forgets our sins, but He does. That's what He said. I, I don't remember. I won't remember your sins anymore. I hope some of you just feel released even from that. That the Lord, when we confess our sins, He, he doesn't remember them anymore. They're gone. We have a, a new slate. And we can run to the, get ready at the, at the line. 
and forget the things that are behind. Forget the victories. You know, there was a time in retirement. Maggie and I had just retired this year. And uh, there was a time when I said, uh, well, I've run my race. I've got a lot of victories, I thought. And, and the Lord said, hold on, buddy. You know, I'm not done with you yet. And besides that, i got a lot of work to do in you yet. And I took it and I thought, okay, Lord. So, doing soap, by the way, soap, I want to recommend Pastor Dan has given us soap journals. If you're not doing soap, please do it. I've done it for 10 or 15 years. I've done soap every year, just reading through the Bible and doing soap, and I see something new and different every time. So, I want you to, to read that. Um, I want us to uh, to turn, if you would, to First uh, John one. I'm going to turn to First John one. It should be up here. So I just want to share something from First John one, and it's about confessing our sins. Uh, I've memorized a lot of scripture, and this is one of them that I've memorized. Uh, and starting with verse five. First John, John writes this, he says, This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet in, in, walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from every sin. Purifies us from every sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, We make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Now, the reason this came, this is one of the scriptures that came to my mind as Pastor Dan was reading, is this, is if we try to to do Romans 12, 9 through 21, and try to live that life, we're going to have failures. We're going to look every day and have failures. And we need a release. We need to to come before the Lord and say, Dear Lord, forgive me. You know, years ago I watched a a movie. In fact, I've probably watched it three or four times since then. You know how movies, old movies, just keep coming up. I looked it up. It was almost, almost 30 years ago. 27 years ago was a movie called Groundhog Day. How many remember watching Groundhog Day? Well, it's about, it's about a, a, a newscaster, a, a, a weatherman, who, uh, who is just obnoxious. He's a jerk. It's Bill Murray, the stars in it. And he's just a jerk of a, of a person. And so self-centered and conceited. And, and uh, it's, it's about February 2nd. And he's going to... Uh, to uh, Pennsylvania, 
I forget the name of the town. But he was going to Pennsylvania where every year on Groundhog Day they, they do the Pennsylvania Poxitani Phil. That's the Poxitani, Pennsylvania. Poxitani Phil, they bring out this uh, groundhog and if it's sunny, he's going to go back in and winter's going to last another two months. You know the story. Well, anyway, he's doing this uh, cast and he's trying to date his producer there and uh and of course she doesn't want anything to do with him he's just a jerk and uh so he goes to bed that night and he wakes up and it's february 2nd again and same songs on the on the on the radio and he's going through this day all over again and it's just a a thing where they just keep repeating that that day it, it seemed like in the movie, it was a, maybe a year he kept going through that same day. And he was trying to get things right. And at first he drove off cliffs and everything else. And then he started, well, I better start working on my life a little bit, you know. And he started taking piano lessons. He started saving people. He knew when people were going to fall. He knew all this stuff because he'd seen it all before. How many remember this? And, and you know, I... I have a, a feeling sometimes that the Christian life is Groundhog Day. We didn't quite do it right yesterday. <laughs> we get a whole new day to start all over again. Lamentations 3 says that the mercies of God are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Thank the Lord His mercies are new every morning. I look forward to that. In fact, I usually write out my prayers and I write out, Dear Lord God, this is the day you have made and I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. I didn't quite do it all right yesterday, but I got a whole new day, Lord, and I want you to fill me with your Spirit. I want to try to get this day right. And the next day I'll come, Thank you, Lord, your mercies are new every morning because I didn't get it totally right yesterday. Would you come? And fill me with your spirit, because I want to try to get this day right. In First John, he writes, and I want to just share this with you this morning. He says, uh, if we if we claim to be in if we claim to be in the light, this is the message you have heard from him and declared to you: God is light, and in him there is no darkness. At all if we claim to have fellowship him, yet walk in darkness. You and I, hopefully, do not walk in darkness. We don't grab a hold of sin and cherish sin and look for sin. We are all trying to walk in the light. People that walk in darkness could care less whether they sin or not. They just keep walking on. You and I, sin bothers us. You know, a pig gets in the mud bath and he's at home. You and I get in the mud bath and we want to get out. We're not pigs, we're sheep. We don't belong there. So we, we're, we, we try to get out. The pig stays in it. He loves it. That's where he, that's where he lives. You and I are not walking in darkness. We're walking in fellowship with him. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from every sin. You know, have you, do you know that there's sin in your life right now that you don't even, you're not even aware of? <laughs> you, you think, boy, I just confess all my sin. You, you, 
No, there's still sin in your life and you're not even aware of it. But God says, my blood's purifying you. I'm cleansing you. There's going to be a time I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to tell you you're a jerk in this area. I am. Yeah, you're conceited and you're so prideful. I am. Yes. How many agree with me? Would you raise your hand and say amen? Uh, those that didn't raise their hand, would you stand up? We have to. We have a little more talking we want to do with you. <laughs> the Lord has work to do in all of us, and we're not even aware of it. Just like that man that said, that's one hell of a damn fine sermon, Pastor. It's like, he wasn't even aware <laughs> that he was cussing. God was doing things in his life, and God thought, uh, you know, God's thinking, I'll take care of it. It might take me a few years, but I'm going to take care of it. You know, we'll, we'll deal with a dirty mouth later on. That's why we shouldn't judge everybody, anybody, by the way. We are, we, are, we are to, if we see our brother's sin, we are to go to them and gently lead them back. But we are not to, to judge. And definitely we do not judge the world. The world is the world, and if you can show me where we are going to judge the world in this life, I'd like to see it. We will judge the world in the next life, but not in this life. The world is the world, and we're not to judge it. We're to love this world. We're to, we're to love the people in the world. We're to reach out, live the Roman's life, and allow people to, to hunger and thirst after righteousness by just by seeing our lives. But verse 8 of 1 John chapter 1, if we claim to be without sin, I want to point this out. He doesn't say if we claim to be without sins. The word here is singular. If we claim to be without sin. It's not talking about sins. This is talking about our sin nature. We all have a sin nature. If we didn't have a sin nature, we would never sin. People will think, well, and I got saved. I got a new nature. Yes, you did. You're a new creation. And they think the old one went away. Well, it didn't. We still have the old man. We still have sin. We, we still have a sin nature. We still have when the Lord, as the Lord spoke to me, as I was wondering if they would take an offering. I'll say it right now, not just to brag, but I felt like the Lord said, give that guy 200 bucks for the camp. But there was a part of me that said, Lord, $200? Can't, can I give a hundred? Huh? How many times do we argue with the Lord, you know? He does. From our soul reading, even this week so far, I'm, I'm learning that uh, Abraham argued with the Lord. Lord, if there are 40 people, are you going to d- destroy Sodom? And if there are 20, if there are, th- if there are 10 righteous people, are you going to do it? And the Lord goes, yeah, okay, okay. You know, but... The Lord speaks to us to tell us to do something and there's something inside us automatically that doesn't want to. As much as I love to pray and no prayer is so good for me, there's a part of me that doesn't ever want to pray. It's time to pray. Oh. And there's a part of me that says, Dear Lord, can I pray like an hour today so tomorrow I don't even have to pray? <laughs> 
It never, it never works. It's like manna. You can only take so much for this day. And the next day you got to come again and you got to ask the Lord to fill you and touch you and minister to you. There are parts in my life that I think, you know, I love Maggie. I don't have to have the love of the Lord flowing through me to love Maggie, you know. I don't have to really pray about this. And I'm finding myself, Maggie's irritating me so much I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, Lord, forgive me. I guess I need your infilling, your touch in my life. So, John says, if you say you don't have a sin nature, you're wrong. But I want to share this. God does not forgive you, or does not hold, condemn you, I should say, for having a sin nature. He knows you have a sin nature. If he wanted to get rid of it, he would. And one day he is. We're going to be changed in a moment. In a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. We won't, be, we won't have this nature anymore. We're going to be totally changed. But in the meantime, he knows you have a sin nature. So I guess I'm asking you this morning, don't ask the Lord for, to forgive you for having a sin nature. He knows about it. You don't have to say, oh, Lord, you know there's a rotten side of me, and I, you know, I'm sorry about He knows there's a rotten side of you. We ask him to forgive our sins. You know, when somebody gets saved, we don't ask them to confess their sins when they come down to the altar. If we did that, some of us would still be down at the altar here. We, we never ask a person, would you confess your sins? No. Would you admit that you are a sinner? That your nature is one of sin? That you are self-centered? That you're egotistical. Would you admit that? Yes, I would. And now you, would you admit that Jesus went to, the, went to the cross and died for your sins and rose again? Yes, I do. And then from then on, we confess our sins. And the Lord speaks to us. If we confess, He says, if we say we're without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if you want to walk by the truth, admit that you have a sin nature. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, plural, He is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word has no place in our hearts. So let's just trust the Lord. And yes, you have a sin nature. Yes, I know that. And what is sin? Sin is when we yield or present our bodies to our own sin nature to do what our own sin nature wants to do. That's called sin. And when we do that, that's sin. And we ask the Lord, Lord, when I yelled at Maggie yesterday, uh, I've asked her to forgive me. Would you forgive me? That was a sin. I know that. Would you forgive me? And he cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. We need to understand the Lord forgives. He forgets. And he wants to move on. And sin is allowing our sinful man, our sin nature, 
to take hold of us and instead of allowing the presence of God in our hearts. Pastor Dan said it last week. The Apostle Paul goes in Galatians 2.20, I live, yet not I. It's Christ living in me. He lives in me. I want Christ to live in me. I want to flow. I want that your love would flow. And when that does, uh, that's called fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. How many want fruit in your life? I want fruit. I want fruit. You know, uh, it's always amazing to me. In Galatians, they contrast uh, uh, the works of the flesh against the fruit of the Spirit. Um, When I was first saved, I worked at being a Christian. I worked. I, I knew... I, knew, I got saved, by the way, when I was 24 years old. I'd already been through the Army, been through Vietnam, come out. I had a lot of trappings. But I thought, you know, this is the way God wants me to live. And it was a struggle. And then through the years, the Lord taught me that uh, if I'm struggling to have peace, I'm not allowing God to work through me. If I'm struggling to love somebody... I'm trying to love them in my own sin nature. You know, we can love one another in our own sin nature. You scratch my back, I'll scratch you, we'll be happy. But the trouble is, uh, we don't feel like we're getting our back scratched enough from one another. And the Lord says, I need to take control, Rich. I need, you need to allow me to love. But struggle is one of the things that's like a light that goes off in, in my head when I'm struggling for peace. Uh, you know, even this, somebody mentioned last, was it Wednesday? Was it that long ago with the, all that went on in the Capitol and everything else? And you go, what is going on? I find myself struggling to have peace. And I, it was just like, wait a minute, Rich. Who's the King of King and who's the Lord of Lords? Who still has the reins of this world? Who who has the reins even of Satan? He can only do what God allows him to do. And the peace of God that that flooded my heart was like, hey, I'm going to turn myself over to you, Lord. And you're not worried about, you're not biting your fingernails. You're not saying, ooh, I didn't know they were going to do that. God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I've got the whole world in my hand. Would you allow my peace that passes all understanding? Would you allow me to guard your heart and guard your mind? Would you allow me to have joy? My daughter uh, asked for a present from her mom this year. She wanted a shirt that says, I choose joy. (laughs) I choose joy. You know, that's for every one of us. Every one of us has to choose joy. Every one of us has to choose peace. Every one of us has to choose love. Every one of us has to to, to choose, Lord, I'm just going to be peaceful today. I'm going to allow your peace to rule and reign in my heart. And if we don't allow it, then we're not going to have joy and we're not going to have peace. We're not going to have 
long-suffering. We're going to be the most impatient people that ever lived. And we have to say, dear Lord, come, touch me, fill me by your grace. I'd like the worship team to come. We're going to uh, allow the Lord to touch us this day. I hope that the Lord ministered to our brother that spoke this morning. Is it Gary? Did you say, what's your name? Scott. Scott. Sorry, Scott. Uh, he touched my heart. Certainly the film touched my heart. And we want to be a people that, that chooses, dear Lord, come on. I know. Even in worship, there's a part of me, dear Lord, I don't really feel like worshiping today. You don't? No. Well, I didn't feel like going to the cross either. It really wasn't my desire. I even asked the Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But not my will... But yours, Father, I want your will to be done. He didn't choose. He, he, if he'd have had the Father's will, he, he wouldn't have gone to the cross, but he knew the Father's will. He went to the cross. Would you stand with me as we're going to worship the Lord? I don't know exactly what songs you got, Ryan, or what we're going to sing, but we're going to worship the Lord. And I want to encourage you to allow the Lord just to flood you with his spirit this day. Fill you with joy and peace. You've got sin, just confess it to the Lord. Lord, take this from me. I don't want this burden. And I I feel like in a crowd like this, there's always somebody that's got odd against somebody. Or somebody is stuck in a sin. You just don't know how to get rid of it. You just come to the Lord and say, Dear Lord, and allow the Lord to speak to you and say, You know what? I've made a covenant with you that when you confess your sin, I don't remember it anymore. I've cleansed you and touched you and you're free to walk a good race. Let's worship the Lord.